Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available... On digital, Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Bob! What? Bob! What? Bob! The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, February 28, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 769 of the Biden-Harris administration, 616 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on Instagram, the Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, spoutable, Bob Seska, our Patreon, BobSeskaShow.com. Did you get all that? Oh, and look, sitting right over there, it's Buzz Burbank with the news. Oh, yeah? You've said it all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you pick the movies next year. Hi, Mr. Sag. How are you? Disgruntled moviegoers. Hi. Hi, Bob. Hi, everybody. Well, as Bob has already explained, uh, he's Bob, I'm Buzz, and we have low confidence we were leaked from a lab. <laughs> Lots to say about that one. Good. Uh, Bob and I were almost late to the studio today. Uh, much to our surprise, uh, that train ride took 10 hours. <laughs> Uh, well, the movie uh, Cocaine Bear opened in theaters over the weekend, and there were lines around the block. Uh, Don Jr.'s mad. Uh, didn't see his name in the credits. <laughs> Don Jr.'s on Coke. Exactly. Uh, now, Jr. didn't mind having to wait to get his ticket. Oh, and when you think about it, he's never objected to a long line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trump Sr., meanwhile, showed up at the disaster in East Palestine, Ohio, and he said it was the worst train wreck he'd seen since Eric. <laughs> uh, Trump, uh, you saw this, I'm sure, Trump also handing out bottled water, Trump bottled water, mm. uh, to those unfortunate people. And maybe, maybe I misread the label, but I think it said, Make America Gag Again? Is that possible? Sure. Stallone said he wouldn't wash his socks in it. So, yeah. <laughs> another another CPAC convention. Yet another CPAC convention starts tomorrow, uh, covering a wide range of topics, of course. Uh, now, among other things, this year you can hear about open carry gun laws right after you go through the metal detector. <laughs> Hypocrites. Yes, indeed. And, and can you believe this? Mm -hmm. Yoko Ono. Yoko Ono turned 90 over the weekend. Wow. I heard she joined a seniors group and then broke it up. <laughs> All right, kicking off a brand new week with Rocky Mountain Mike yeah. and the Big Lot. Yeah, here we go. 
Happy Tuesday. Got a call from an old friend who used to be real gross. Said he couldn't go on the Republican way. So this truck is red hat only eats avocado toast. Now he listens to Stephanie's show from LA. Junior's on Coke. I don't need you to tell me your lies from the old right. I don't care you insist that Joe Biden go home. I don't care what you say anymore, it's the big lie. Go ahead with your orange lies, throw me a bone. <laughs> Shove it up your ass, the big lie. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Tucker thinks Rocky. it's hysterical. Rocky Mountain Mike. I, and by the way, I understand he's trained his dog Sophie to play keyboards now, so <laughs> she's doing great. Yeah. Rocky MNTN Mike on Twitter to follow him. Uh, so lots to talk about today, Buzz. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, I, in a bit, I'm going to get into how I triggered both Scott Adams uh-huh. The, the Dilbert guy. Easy and, to do. <laughs> and Michael Knowles. You know who Michael Knowles is? He's a... Not uh, really. Sort of peripherally, I guess. He's a uh, Daily Wire podcaster. And it's amazing that more of us don't know who he is. Because yeah, yeah. The, the problem is that Michael Knowles is ranked like number 23 in Apple Podcast News and of, Politics. Of course he is. So, hugely popular show, and mm-hmm. I say that with the asterisk next to it, that right. it's possible. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just hypothesizing that maybe some of these podcasters buy their downloads or buy uh-huh. some of their downloads. I mean... I talked to, yeah, I talked about this with the Mooks last night, as a matter of fact. Yeah, and I'm not saying Michael Knowles necessarily buys his downloads. He's got... I'm not saying nothing. Yeah, nearly 900 thousand followers on Twitter so he has an audience that's ultimately the point here whether the audience is real or fake that's for someone else to determine but the fact is that people listen to his show so therefore he does have influence therefore he is in in a sense already famous and so clearly he is uh, although I even that 900,000 on Twitter may be inflated so yeah and and this was a yeah this is what they do so yeah yeah, the popularity unfortunately is there and we have to recognize that that's very real and influences a very large number of people Mm -hmm. uh, whether we're generally aware of these individuals or not so I responded to Scott Adams the Dilbert guy about Mm -hmm. his (laughs) race this tirade on that other podcast and right. the fact that he was spending the weekend whining about being canceled. Uh, mm, oh my God, right. I can't believe I've been canceled. Why have I, I been What'd canceled? I do? Why, why? Who me? It's the whole who me thing. what I do? Yeah, yeah. But that's something that Scott Adams was dealing with heavily. And so I jumped in and was criticizing his who me excuse making right. and his whining. And his response was, what are you talking about? I didn't whine. So his response to me accusing him of saying who me was to respond by saying who me. Who me, yeah, exactly. Yeah, essentially that was it. And so I want to thank Scott Adams for the extended engagement and reach on Twitter. 
with his gigantic oh, following, sending them all over to my mansions all weekend long. That was fun. Same with Michael Knowles, by the way. And we're going to talk about Michael Knowles later in the show because he wants to ban some things. And I discovered that apparently Michael Knowles is one of those rare big government conservatives. Uh-huh. For some reason... <laughs> This was confounding. I was told late in the day that, oh, no, Michael Knowles isn't a small government conservative. He hates small government. He wants big government. They're so weird. Yes, and I don't understand (laughs) conservatism. The core tenet of conservatism is small, limited government. Well, that's what they've always preached and never followed, so I guess now he's just speaking... That truth. So you had a big meeting with the Mooks last night, the Stephanie Miller Show crowd. I did. Yeah, it, yeah. It was wonderful. They were all oh, so kind, and uh, what a wonderful group of people! Intelligent, well informed, naturally. Yeah. Uh, because they're listeners of Stephanie's show and and of this show, and uh, it was just really nice to. It was just regular folks talking, which is what I really liked about it, uh, and uh, it was just very relaxed and comfortable. I uh, I stayed for almost two hours, a little under two hours. Yeah, uh, but uh, and because I needed to get to work on this show, you know, and preparing for our serious conversations, uh, and it's serious, and, uh, yeah. Well, we do, you know, you know the way we do, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but anyway, it was it, I had to cut out sooner than I'd wish, but I, I was able, I think, to get to everybody's questions, and uh, it was just a great time. And and I understand I've been invited back, which I would be happy to do. You know what it did when I was on? It made what? me it made me want to set it up so we could take calls on the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's I know. It, I know, right? But you know what? Every time I entertain that idea, everyone in the comments on Patreon's like, "No! No! <laughs> no!" Yeah, and then they break something, and it's a big mess. Yeah, it was. I think there was an occasion or two last night where I said to one of the folks, uh, uh, "Go ahead, caller." Uh, and, and I just I, see. I just treated yeah. it. it. It did feel that way in a in a most wonderful way. See, now if I was given that capability and we could pull it off with a show that's right. not live. I would right. only ever take calls. We would just be taking calls from <laughs> wall to wall on the show. Right, right. And that would be, I think, problematic for the show. But, uh, yeah. But that's very, very kind uh, to be included in yeah. that. And uh, they were very kind people. And like I said, very smart, well-informed people, which made the experience very pleasant. Yes. I love that entire crowd. Uh, Karen in Chicago organizes these things. And, and we get to see all of the faces that go along with the names yeah. that pop up on Twitter. Yeah. And- and in the comments, and yeah, Berkeley Dowd, one of my good friends on on Twitter. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got to I got to see his face and and sort of meet him last night for the very first time. So yeah, that's yeah. A, a huge thrill. Yeah, I've I've said before, radio it was the most intimate medium until podcasting came along, <laughs> and with the with podcasting combined with social media. It's uh, it's the most intimate uh, form of media available, I think. Yes, and it's especially challenging for those of us who have intimacy issues, like I do. <laughs> <laughs> I have commitment issues, but that's okay. Another. Well, <laughs> what I'm saying is opening up, and this is actually, I didn't intend to get off on this thing, but 
it's weird for me to open up publicly about things that are going on in my life or inside my weird twisted head. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to be protective of my personal life, but sometimes I can't shut my mouth and I just spills out anyway. So I have this I default to honesty perhaps too much sometimes. And yeah. I, I have to I have to watch myself on that because I do get relaxed and you know, consider everyone friends and uh, you know, wanna wanna put everything out there sometimes. <laughs> Okay, so lots to talk about here today. I'm going to get back into, as I said before, I'm going to get back into Michael Knowles here in a bit because what he said that got me pissed off at him and, and going after him on Twitter the other day uh, is pretty serious. And given the fact that he does have an audience, given that his colleague Matt Walsh, who also is a Daily Wire podcaster, mm-hmm. has basically launched a jihad against trans people, which Michael Knowles is now jumping on to. Uh, There's a lot of that right. going around, I'm sorry to report. Yes, yes. and uh, just by way of a preview, Michael Knowles wants to ban transgenderism entirely. Of and course he's, uh, he does. citing a law that's uh, working its way through the Kansas legislature, I think, uh, along right. those lines that, that would essentially ban transgenderism. Yeah. So, Yeah, you can't be transgender under any circumstances. You can't. You can't be a transgender in public. You can't be a transgender in front of children. Yeah. You, you, you just can't be transgender. He wants to outlaw being who you are. Exactly right. And so, uh, as Bradley Moss said on Twitter, I wonder what this guy's porn stash looks like. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, dost thou protest too much? Michael always Knowles with these and guys. Matt Walsh. Al- yeah. Always with these guys, yeah. So before we get into all of that, I want to talk about the latest Dominion revelations about Fox News and their <laughs> televised fraud. There's a, a filing now that involves Rupert Murdoch's testimony that uh, Media Matters and Matt Gertz were going through all of this yesterday. And so I've collected some of the most damning bits and pieces from Rupert Murdoch's own testimony. Wonderful. Which makes things even worse for Fox News. I mean, if you want to talk about information that will land the Dominion lawsuit well beyond the parameters of New York v. Sullivan... I think this is it, because Rupert Murdoch is essentially laying it all out that we all knew that this was bullshit about the 2020 election. The big lie, we knew it was bullshit. And so uh, that is, I think, the evidence that Dominion is looking for as far yeah, as... Yeah, I, I remember predicting on this show previously that Dominion would win this lawsuit and others were, were maybe not so sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I really think they're going to at this point. <clears throat> but, but what I think we ought to do before we dive into this, Bob, mm-hmm. is talk about the importance of this. Does this matter? Will this change anything? And if so, how? It's still a question mark as far as I'm concerned in terms of what, sure. of how this changes things. Although, if Dominion is successful, right. this could be very, very good news as far as pursuing additional lawsuits against mm-hmm. Fox News Channel. True. Because True. what Dominion is proving here, and we're going to go through uh, some of the quotes from Murdoch's testimony, uh-huh. is that Fox News acted with malice, knowing full well that what it was broadcasting was inaccurate. And so that's the element that's required to blast right through. And so what we're talking about in this context is solely the big lie and the mm-hmm. ramifications yes. of the 2020 election. Right. What Kimberly and I were talking about last night on our podcast that we don't record every <laughs> In evening, the living room, yeah. Yeah, is that... 
How many other issues, how many other news stories have been reported with this exact same mendacity, with this exact same fraud in mind? Where, Almost all of them, of course. We yeah. just happen to have documentation for this one, the most important one. Exactly right. And that's what makes this so important because it's the canary in the coal mine. And it's not something, there are a lot of people I'm seeing on Twitter, and I, I hate this. I hate when this happens on I Twitter. Oh, are you, why, why are you suddenly surprised, Bob, that Fox News is doing this? You know, I'm not surprised right. because we've been following this. I've been blogging and following politics professionally for 20 years now, maybe more. But the fact of the matter is throughout that time, we've all been talking about how Fox News is full of shit, how Fox right. News is right wing propaganda, how Fox right. News reads yeah. RNC talking points on a regular Everything. basis. Mm -hmm. And so these are all things that we've examined from the outside, but never before have we seen depositions that have shown that Fox News knows it, and Fox News is on the record now, under oath, saying that that is exactly what's going on. And so, if we're if yeah. we're surprised about anything, it's that this has been acknowledged in a court of law. Exactly right. So that's the key element to all of this. And then you have to extrapolate out what other issues, what other news events were treated with the same fraud the same goal of deceiving well, its own viewers and that's you know that's the that's the key element to this buzz is fox news is deceiving their own people they're not deceiving you they're not deceiving me they're deceiving their own viewers well the best message we can get out there if we can get it out there is if we can get through to these folks and that's a, a big question mark but if we can pierce their skulls with the fact that the fox news host that they love so much were saying privately the opposite of what the viewers were being told. Uh, any any little bit uh, that we can chip away at Fox's audience, their popularity, their credibility among that audience, uh, this is a win for democracy. Uh, and and uh, you know, in answer to your question, what else have they they lied about? Well, everything. Yeah. And and uh, those are important, and maybe we'll get to those, and certainly we can get to those in courts of law uh, as you, as uh, more lawsuits are filed. And I'm I'm with you. They could be now, and they too could well succeed and Fox could get hit over and over and over again uh, to the point that it's really going to hurt. I think in the end, Rupert Murdoch can afford this. That may be one of the reasons he's confessing. Uh, he can survive this. They, I, I really believe uh, that they can, they can still run a, a profitable network one way or another uh, after the dust settles on all of this, but we can sure hurt them in the meantime and dissuade them uh, financially from doing this kind of thing in the future. So the lawsuit, though, is nearly $2 billion. Those are right. the damages that Dominion is seeking. Right. Uh, Rupert Murdoch is worth about $18 billion. But even with a net worth of $18 billion, giving away $2 billion of it is, I, th I think that's got to sting. That's got to hurt a little bit. $2 billion? Bob, then he'll only have $16 billion. That but, is true. But, yeah. But, but maybe maybe another lawsuit will take another billion here, and another lawsuit will take another billion there. Um, he doesn't need the money. He likes having the money. He likes acquiring the money. It's I, I think those folks are about acquiring the money. And uh, he he will, uh, you know, that will that will hurt. It's, it's a question of how much it'll hurt. But uh, he's still got a nice $16 million cushion to work with. Well, well, yeah, that's fine. The $2 billion lawsuit, provided that a jury awards Dominion that full amount. Right. I think 
may sting Rupert Murdoch a little bit, but then you got to yes. add in the fact, what I was saying before, mm-hmm. that if successful, this is going to open Fox News up yes. to a whole slew of additional lawsuits. To take from, another billion and another billion and another billion, yes. Yes, yeah. exactly right. So we're going to find out through the course of additional lawsuits mm-hmm. just how far this goes. We're only at the beginning point of exposing the Fox News fraud. And right, but I, but I like the focus, I like the single focus on the big lie this this yeah, one lie yeah. this is where we can do the most good for democracy and the most harm to fox and then absolutely pursue the other things i just don't want this to get too jumbled up uh let's get them on this and and then go after them on all the other things which is i i think is how it's going to play out in court well one of the things i've been thinking about is the fact that god upward of 74 million voting americans are suffering from some form of mass delusion where they refuse to acknowledge or refuse to accept la, 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 the la, la. fact, exactly right, that that Fox News is lying to them, mm-hmm. that Fox News is exploiting their naivete and so they on for ratings yeah. and profit. They don't want to hear it. And, and my question is, well, how do you... How do you break through or how do you explain that delusion? And uh, one of my friends on Twitter, this guy, Sean Masterson, sent me this quote from Carl Sagan. And I thought this was really Uh, salient. The quote is, one of the saddest lessons of history is this. If we've been bamboozled long enough, we tend to reject any evidence of the bamboozle. We're no longer interested in finding out the truth. The bamboozle has captured us. It's simply too painful to acknowledge, even to ourselves, that we've been taken. Once you give a charlatan power over you, you almost never get it back. That's, I think that's a valid enough explanation for what's going on. And by the way, this was in response... <laughs> This is in response to me quote-tweeting Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk on his show the other day was saying that witches may have made him sick, may have given him whatever cold or illness that he's got right now. I'm sure that's what it was. Yeah, Yeah, and then I quote-tweeted and I said, don't get him started on hobbits and minotaurs. (laughs) <laughs> We're talking about fictitious boogeymen. Um, right. But yeah, that's that's why Sean yeah, posted that I, quote from Carl Sagan. I, so that I, I, well, Sagan is absolutely right uh, there, and I have that same feeling about Pluto. I still think it's a planet, so that's, okay. I, I'm sticking to my belief there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now you've angered the Pluto as a planetoid crowd. You're, exactly. You're well, that was, that was my intention. Your, your Twitter mentions are doomed now. Geek goading. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. These are some of the uh, bits and pieces from Rupert Murdoch's testimony. And I think the biggest takeaway from all of it is I think this is one of the most serious charges to come out of this entire story. And that is that Fox News provided confidential Biden strategy to Jared Kushner during the 2020 election. How'd they get it? They got it through uh, Biden's ads. So the quote, yeah, during Trump's campaign... Rupert provided Trump's son-in-law and senior advisor Jared Kushner with Fox confidential information about Biden's ads, along with debate strategy. That's a huge deal. Yeah, that's putting your thumb on the scale for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's beyond just saying, hey, go out and vote for Donald Trump. Right. This is backdoor espionage. This is handing over confidential information to... You know, because you you turn over your advertisements to the network way ahead of time, make sure they're cleared and so on. So what Fox News is doing is taking that information as it came in 
and on the sly under the table say, oh, hey, Jared, listen, here's what Joe Biden's planning to do, to do next mm-hmm. week as far as his ad buy. Uh, you might want to get prepared well, for that with rapid uh, response. And during, during the Trump presidency, there was a virtual hotline between uh, Fox News and uh, the Trump White House, and in many cases, direct lines between Fox hosts and uh, then-President Trump. Yeah. Well, and then on top of that, Rupert Murdoch was uh, uh, admitting in this testimony that many of his hosts knowingly lied on the mm-hmm. air. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, here's the exchange as it went between the lawyers for Dominion and Rupert Murdoch. Good, good. You are aware now that Fox did more than simply host these guests and give them a platform, correct? And then Rupert Murdoch says, I think you've shown me some material in support of that. Well, in fact, you are now aware that Fox endorsed at times this false notion of a stolen election. Not Fox, no, not Fox, but maybe Lou Dobbs, maybe Maria, as in Maria Bartiromo, as commentators. So he's trying to draw a distinction between Fox News as an entity and individual opinion hosts, right? Right, right. That's our entertainment hour, yes. Which is a real stretch. Uh, That's like saying, uh, well, you know, Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein, they're separate from the Washington Post. I don't think that was the thing that the Washington Post was focused on during Watergate. (laughs) We were were concentrating on other shit. No, no, you don't get to do that. Fox host Jeanine Pirro, and then Rupert Murdoch said, I think so. As to say, I think Jeanine Pirro was dealing in these falsehoods. Right. Uh, Fox business host Lou Dobbs. Oh, a lot. Rupert Murdoch. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, he's nuts. And everybody at Fox thinks so. We've learned that through the text. Yeah. Fox host Sean Hannity. A bit. <laughs> a bit? <laughs> really? <laughs> All were in that down. document, correct? Yes, they were. About Fox endorsing the narrative of a stolen election, correct? No, some of our commentators were endorsing it. About their endorsement of a stolen election? Yes, they endorsed. So there you go. Rupert Murdoch I, admitting, and under oath. There was a turning point for Rupert Murdoch where he decided uh, the big lie was a uh, bridge too far. He yeah. decided, okay, uh, it, this has been fun up to this point, but now it's just stupid. And he, he did turn on Trump, as many did, on January 6th. Yep. Uh, my late dad turned away from Trump on January 6th. Rupert Murdoch turned away from Trump on January 6th. And, and Fox began to take a turn, and we've seen... Uh, texts that support these things. Uh, so I think Rupert Murdoch is truly disgusted by Donald Trump on January 6th and is also regretful, but he's trying to cover his liability here, play it down, trying to shift uh, that it wasn't the organization that believed that because it's the organization that's being sued, not these individuals. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so he's trying to shift the blame uh, off the organization for the sake of this lawsuit and on individuals that uh, Fox continues to claim are entertainment programming. Yeah, meantime, Rupert Murdoch did have the power to stop Sidney Powell from did. going on the air. He also of had the power to stop Rudy Giuliani from going on the air. And true, true, true. Yeah, and his response in terms of that context was to say, yeah, I could have, but I didn't. That's an exact quote. I could have, but I didn't. And <laughs> I, ladies and gentlemen, that's the case right there. Yeah, I could have stopped this fraud. You may adjourn to the jury room now. But I didn't. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) God, my God. Mm -hmm. And after January 6th, Hannity was privately disgusted with Trump, but was afraid to lose viewers. Some alpha he turned out to be, huh? Coward. Yeah, the quote is... Let's see here. Rupert responded to Ryan, Paul Ryan's email. Thanks, Paul. Because Paul Ryan had lobbied 
Rupert Murdoch and say, hey, we got to got to stop talking about this stolen election nonsense. Right. He didn't lobby too hard, but he did lobby. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. tried. He did the least kind he could do of. without doing nothing, I guess. Right, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. So uh, Rupert Murdoch responded to Paul Ryan's email and said, thanks, Paul. Wake up call for Hannity, who has been privately disgusted by Trump for weeks, but mm-hmm. was scared to lose viewers. That's what it was all about <laughs> all along. God. All along. That's it. It's all about the show. And then mm-hmm. subsequent the to the, the show, viewers. it's all about the ratings and then the, the profits, as we heard right. from Tucker Carlson in yes. the previous filing, talking yeah. about, oh, my God, the stock price. What is going to happen to the stock price if we actually tell the truth he, about this election? He's probably a significant stockholder. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no doubt. It, through, through his his salary, if nothing else. Yes. So decisions at Fox News are not made based on the truth. They're made no. based on the maximum number of viewers they can accumulate. Will legal penalties, yeah. starting with this one, force that to change? Is are, is are we about to witness a miracle, or am I again dreaming? No, it's like I said to Michael Knowles on Twitter yesterday. No one ever went broke exploiting the bigotry of suckers. Yeah. And and that's a fact. You can very easily accumulate quite an audience if you tap into that uh, bigotry cortex, that fear cortex, that otherization cortex. And that's something that's been happening throughout history. Fox News didn't invent this. Right. They've just exploited right. it. They've just used it to build the most successful cable news network in American history. And 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 as much as we love more listeners, we're just not willing to go down that road ever. You know, Stephanie Miller and I talk about this occasionally. You know, oh yeah, it would be really easy for us to triple our listeners, to get book deals right. and TV shows and so on, if we just sold out our values and became conservatives. Right. Right. Because they do the bulk buying of of all that shit. They buy downloads. They buy book sales. They buy reach on social media and on down the list. This is how they are able to spend all that dark money. They purchase their reach. And that is so immensely frustrating when you're sitting here trying to be honest about your own personal values and not right. trying to constantly exploit the biases of your audience. Ethics don't pay as well as lies, exactly. And uh, they laugh at us for being such chumps yeah, not, to, yeah. not to cash in on that. I mean, once again, Roger Ailes discovered mm, yeah. a demographic in this country, an untapped audience, and he decided, hey, you know what? I know how to program to that audience, and I think we can do really, really well by exploiting the dumbness of that audience, the naivety, the willingness to believe nonsense. As long as we say, hey, look, those black people, you want to be afraid of them. And those liberals, be afraid of them also. Mm-hmm. And and those Mexicans coming across the border, be, be super afraid. afraid of those people. And not mm-hmm. to mention women and gay Muslims people and, and now yeah. drag shows and trans right. people. That's the thing. That's the hook that grabs all of these people. That's the in. That's the skeleton key that convinces them to believe things like the big lie. Once you've wormed your way through that loophole, through the bigotry loophole, through the fear loophole, Right. Then you've grabbed them. You fished them in, and they're going to be yours for as long as they care to uh, continue viewing or listening. And and, and, that, and it gives them comfort because uh, that their audience are largely bitter individuals. Yeah. I've, I've, it's become clear to me they're people who feel cheated, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they are channeling that anger, uh, and and Fox News is helping them do yeah. that, and Donald Trump helped them do that. They always existed. And and you mentioned Roger Ailes coming along, by the way, at about the same time as Newt Gingrich, who yeah. uh, helped form the crass Republican Party that we have today, such as it is. Uh, and I'm wondering now if, if Rupert Murdoch... Uh, feels less fondly about the late Roger Ailes than he once did because of where things are now. Well, I don't know. Roger Ailes made Rupert Murdoch a fortune. <laughs> he sure did. Yeah, well, yeah. he'll always have a warm place in his heart then, I suppose. Got him into some trouble, but you're talking about yes. risk-reward here. Like, okay, yeah. well, you know, Roger Ailes stirred Again. up some shit, but at the same time, maybe it was worth it in terms of dollars and, and cents. And and there was some hope that that would be enough to to hurt Fox and maybe even shut them down at the time. Mm. It was a nick, you know. It nicked yeah. them. Uh, but as I said before, Rupert Murdoch can afford this. He can go on. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll it'd be interesting to see what happens here, though, because this could be the beginning of a big change. And I know a lot of progressives are skeptical about that. Uh, I should say cynical about that. Mm. And I uh, again, for the thousandth time, I understand where that comes from. I totally understand where that yeah, comes from. Yeah. Uh, but we can't give up. We've got to always believe that we can chop down that tree. Hi, Scott. Oh, yeah, we've, always, yeah. we've always got to believe that we can do the hard thing. Um, yeah. So uh, New York Times v. Sullivan. Uh, which I think I referred to earlier as New York v. Sullivan, but the New York Times v. Sullivan, that was a Supreme Court ruling that determined that in order to sue a publication for being wrong, you have to prove that that publication acted with malice. They knowingly printed the misinformation or disinformation. They knowingly printed the falsehood. And so that was the determination from the Supreme Court. And what gets dominion over that hurdle is this information in particular this is i think the most damning bit of the of all of the filings we've seen so far in this lawsuit where they were the dominion learned that fox's own research department <laughs> the brain room as they call it uh-huh. which i always thought i thought that's that where brian kilmeade put his brain before he went on the air <laughs> like a coat check room for brian kilmeade's brain or, or that that's where they're keeping roger ailes brain alive i don't know <laughs> So it says here, Fox's own research department, the Brain Room, had fact-checked the allegations and debunked the charges. So Fox News' own Brain Room knew that the big lie was a big lie. They knew that there was nothing to these allegations of election theft or voter fraud or whatever the hell it was that Donald Trump was saying. So that's the information that always makes it out onto the air. That's the thing that Fox News normally will report during election coverage. Oh, the... Brain Room is saying that it looks like uh, Donald Trump will win the great state of Indiana. Uh, oh, yeah, the Brain Room is saying that Donald Trump leads in this particular district that's going to clinch the state. That's what the Brain Room does, and the anchors on the air routinely report what the Brain Room says. Now, the Brain Room in this case said, oh, yeah, you know what? There's no validity to these charges. Right. Except the people on the air went... Ah, yeah, I think this election was stolen. Donald Trump was ripped off. It was rigged against him. He should be president now. And, Uh uh you know, Dominion helped them do it. Blah, blah, blah. Riling up an already angry base. So this is another situation where, well, the brain room was ignored. And I know we're going to talk about him later, but above the fold in the Tampa Bay Times today on the right side is the uh, dark headline, Media, the next DeSantis target. 
Oh, uh, good. Yeah. Subheadline is a bill would make it easier to sue news outlets for defamation. This is the very thing you were talking about. Uh, DeSantis, like other Republicans, wants to do away with the very protection you just described. Yes, he would like the Supreme Court to overturn New York Times v. Sullivan. That is, I think, right. that's Ron DeSantis's goal. But uh, and there are a couple more things I want to talk about with regard to this latest filing, including all of these Rupert Murdoch revelations in the Dominion lawsuit. Uh, after we're done uh, with the next break, but I also want to talk about how this Department of Energy report about COVID and how it's oh, yeah. absolutely not what people are making it out to be. Right. I'm shocking yeah. that that would happen on social media. The, so many people, the, including Republicans in Congress, would get this wrong. Oh, and the mainstream news media has been yeah. presenting it in such a way as to cast, uh, uh, actually, uh, to cast belief in uh, the theory that uh, this came from a lab, which is what the right wing has been saying all along, and to some extent, John Stewart. Oddly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, you know, th this is a chance to uh, explain what we're really looking at here. It's not what it appears, as Bob was saying. Plus, we'll talk a little bit about Woody Harrelson's anti-vax monologue on Saturday night. Bizarre, bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sounded like the audience felt the same way as you do, Buzz. <laughs> I didn't watch it, but I, I hope so. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, yeah, I saw the whole show. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't watch it live. I've seen the video, obviously. But uh, mm -hmm. anyway, so we're gonna get into all of that here in just a second. But first. Today's show is brought to you by the After Party Podcast on our Patreon page. So you know the story. You know the schedule. Every Friday, Kimberly Johnson and I get together and record a fourth Bob Zuska Show podcast for the week. But this one's totally different from the usual shows, the free shows on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. The Friday After Party Podcast is loaded with all the politics you crave while also including uncensored, completely obscene conversations about sex and refrigerators somehow, uh, drugs, movies, television, our personal lives, all the crap we can't get away with on the free show. So please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday After Party for just $10 per month. And that's not all you're going to get. You're also going to get two Shadow Docket shows every week included in that level of support. Plus, you're going to get access to the Patreon app. You're going to get access to the comments under each episode. You can post your own blogs in the community tab. BobSeskaShow.com or Patreon.com slash BobSeskaShow. You can also click the link for Patreon beneath the logo at BobSeska.com. Did you get all those website addresses? Good. And we thank you. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska!
love this song. This is a uh, track by the Gypsy Moths. Ah. Or Moths? Moths. Moths? I'm not sure. Moths. Yeah. You can pronounce it your own way. There's no no rule there. Uh, there's a song called We We Can't Go Home. How do you say it, Buzz? You say Moths? Or I say Moths. 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 Yeah, yeah, give it a hard T-H. Moths. Okay, yeah. sounds good. Yeah, link in the description to support the Gypsy Moths. Tomorrow. That, by the way, yeah. is how you start a record. That's how you start a song, is with those <laughs> yeah. drums. Man, oh that God, was great. I, love that. I loved it. Yeah. yeah, and tomorrow, tomorrow's interview show, I'm going to be interviewing the great King Cyborg. We uh, debuted her music here on the show uh, a few weeks ago and just wow. fell in love with it. She's got an incredible story uh, where she was uh, born in Africa and... Uh, made her way all the way to San Francisco and so many twists and turns in between there, does some incredible music. It's such a an interesting look and style and outlook on things. I can't wait for all of you to meet uh, the great cool. uh, King Cyborg. So that's happening on tomorrow's wow. interview show. All right. And uh, I'm still conversing about Civil War Gettysburg things with Adam Richman after our conversation <laughs> last week. <laughs> that continues I'm not on. Surprised. He was amazed that uh, with the revelation, I told him it was either before we started talking or subsequent to that. But I mentioned to Adam that at one point in time, there was a Stucky's restaurant right in the middle of the Gettysburg battlefield. I mean, right where guys had died and so on. Right. And he was just, he was blown away. Are you serious or are you making that up? I was like, no, no. It was a Stucky's pecan log shop with a gas station. There was like a well, Texaco out front and a Stucky's restaurant in the you, back. You may be outraged, but have you tried the pecan logs? They're very good. They are tasty. I will say that. So maybe it was worth it. But no, it was a... <laughs> Kind of a desecration of the battlefield. So, yeah, of course that. it was, and it's yeah. gone now. I, I hear you. Oh say yes, that. it's long gone. Yeah, yeah in fact, uh, the American Battlefield Trust is an organization that I openly support, and what they do is they purchase tracts of land in and around Civil War battlefields, and then donate that land back to the National Park Service. So it's a wonderful organization. They collect money. They're able to buy up these properties and then restore them to their 1861 to 1865 appearance. And it's not just Gettysburg. It's all these other battlefields, too. And it's all the other battlefields, the non-Gettysburg battlefields, that really need it. Because Gettysburg is like the Disneyland of Civil War battle. It's like the Mecca. It's like the place all Civil War historians go there. You know what they need? A Stuckies. Yes, they... <laughs> To attract more historians, am right, I right? If you're yeah. making a Disneyland, sure. Yeah. I bet you didn't know that. The historians just love them, the yeah. pecan logs. Well, sure. Yeah. Okay, uh, getting back into things here. Yeah, American Battlefield Trust. Just Google them. And Gary Edelman's one of the greatest Civil War historians, by the way. If you don't follow him on Facebook, yeah, you should You're no that. slouch, my friend. Uh, I try. Well, as I said, explained to Adam during the show, I was like, you know what? I'm not a battlefield guide or a ranger. I'm just an amateur guy who likes to read about the battle. Well, I don't you know could anything. be. You know what? If this uh, podcasting thing doesn't work out, become a national park ranger and uh, work Gettysburg. <laughs> yeah. That's the answer right there. <laughs> yeah, I would do that just for the hat. Right, of um, course. <laughs> the Smokey the Bear hat, you know. Of course, It's yes, a sharp, sharp-looking headwear. It um, sure is. So Rupert Murdoch nearly fired managing editor Bill Salmon because of the Arizona call. The fact that Fox yeah. News called yeah. Arizona for Joe Biden. Rupert Murdoch was like, okay, well, maybe we need to get rid of Bill Salmon. And why? To appease the Red Hat viewers. Right. Not because he was wrong. He wasn't wrong. But I could have stopped it, but I didn't. 
Yeah. Yeah. He had to throw a body to the red hats in order to get them to shut the fuck up. That's why he nearly ruined a guy's broadcasting career because he was correct. Country. Yes. Because yeah. he was correct about a call on election night or whenever it was, yeah, they, didn't so. they call, did they call Arizona on election night or was it the next day? I think it was, I was that, that night. Was. I believe it was that night. Oh, okay. I, and then Trump was on the phone, and and, and you know, for all we know, Rupert got a, a phone call from Trump. Yeah. Uh, yeah but uh, none of this surprises me, and and uh, nor does it surprise anyone else. But this again is huge, and and it's an, another example of Fox punishing the truth and punishing uh, those among its ranks who bring the truth. Okay, here in the filing, uh, it says Salmon presided over the deeply unpopular Arizona call. Thus, despite the call's accuracy, Rupert suggested, quote, maybe best to let Bill go right away, which would, quote, be a big message with Trump people. Right. Salmon was indeed told the inevitable that day. So I guess mm -hmm. Bill Salmon was fired yeah. because he told the truth. And that was yeah. uh, November 20, 2020. And we saw Hannity or somebody calling for someone to be fired, or maybe it was Tucker uh, calling for someone to be fired, uh, a reporter who had uh, tweeted. We talked about this last week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something that happened to be true, but uh, contradicted the Fox message. So Donald Trump has responded to this filing, Rupert Murdoch's quotes and so on in the filing. It's right. got to bring in our sad music for sad, Donald Trump's whining here. Yeah, it's always sad. Sad. He's always somber and sad. Why is Rupert Murdoch throwing his anchors under the table, which also happens to be killing his case and infuriating his viewers, who will again be leaving in droves they already are? You know what, first of all, I'm going to answer that question. Why is he doing it? Because he's under oath, you dipshit. <laughs> he's under, he has to tell the truth under oath, otherwise he can go to prison for perjury. Uh, is that what's bothering you, Bunky? <laughs> <laughs> There is massive evidence of voter fraud and irregularities in the 2020 presidential. That's Trump speaking uh, in the 2020 uh, yes, presidential election. That uh -huh. wasn't me. Just look at the documentary. Oh, here we go. Just look at the documentary 2000 Mules. Uh -huh. <laughs> the fucking Dinesh D'Souza thing. Give it a plug. Always be plugging. But, Bob, it's a documentary. I know. So, therefore, it must be the truth. Right. Just like Fox News, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Republicans don't lie about the election. No, of course not. They wouldn't lie in 2,000 or, mules. Or, or anything. Yeah. Don't you know the documentary rule buzz? If you're making a documentary, no lies. It has to be 100% the truth. So it never, right. ever happens that way. Right. And, yeah, and they you stick will. To that. Yeah. So just look at the documentary 2,000 mules and you will see large scale ballot stuffing caught on government cameras or votes cast without legislature's approval. Or just recently, the FBI Twitter files scandal rigged, he says, uh, in all caps with multiple exclamation marks. Yeah. Poor Donald. Yeah. Uh, there was so much voter fraud and irregularities in the 2020 presidential election that it amazes me how weak and ineffective Fox News is at portraying itself in the lawsuit against them. See, that's the problem with Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. He's expecting Fox <laughs> News that? to lie under oath. Right. By portraying themselves differently than what they did. And to do otherwise is disloyal to him. Yes. So, by all means, for Donald Trump, Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, you should have perjured yourself. Because that's what Trump really, really wanted. Don Donald Trump, recidivist victim. Yeah. 
Now Rupert Murdoch will fire his lawyers or something like that to appease the Trump crowd, like he does. Like he tried sure. with Bill Salmon, right? Sure. Uh, they look too scared and frightened to reveal the massive amounts of voter fraud and irregularities already found. No, none were found. And it would actually help them in the lawsuit. Instead, Fox News wants to silence its anchors and reporters. The reason so many of their viewers fled, the election was that of a third world country, he said. Uh-huh. The problem isn't that Fox News wanted to silence its anchors and reporters. Fox News encouraged its anchors and reporters to continue telling the lie and punished anyone who tried to tell the truth, including exactly. including that woman who tweeted that thing, the, the fact check about the big lie on, on the Fox News account on Twitter, including who else? Um, Raj Shaw was complaining about Neil Cavuto ruining the brand, the Fox News brand. He's a brand threat, he was called. Oh my God, no one's getting silenced here. And that's the problem. Everyone, Janine Pirro, Maria Bartiromo, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson, the entire crowd, they should have been shit canned immediately for lying about these uh, I could have results. done something, but I didn't. Yeah, exactly right. And all of this that you just outlined is documented in court documents. And yeah. by the way, not only is it official on that count, but uh, kudos, I must say, to ABC World News Tonight for dedicating a very uh, lengthy John Carl segment to this precise story about Fox News and really getting into it. I don't know if any or how many Red Hats may have seen that story, but if we all keep hammering away at this, yeah, and this is really the key because Republicans are so good at it and we're not that great. If we keep, but if we do keep hammering away at this, uh, we're going to continue to chip away at Fox News uh, in bigger and bigger ways. So, meantime, the Department of Energy says that COVID may have emerged from the Maybe. lab leak from a lab leak in Wuhan. May have. May have. And, and then they, they came back and said with a low level of confidence. Yeah, exactly right. So this Wall Street Journal piece is being cited all across the board. Like, oh, all my media. God. Yes, yeah. yes. We were all the people who were saying that it was the Wuhan lab were exactly right. John Stewart on The Late Show is exactly right. Even that part about how he said that the name coronavirus is on the, the name of the building. Which is the lie, which is not actually the case. Coronavirus is not part of the name of the facility. But okay, it's John Stewart. The fact of the matter is that it doesn't say that now the government believes that it was no. a Wuhan lab leak. And by the way, just we want to preface by this. If it was a Wuhan lab leak, fine. Fine. Right, right, right. It doesn't mean, and no one is saying. But, including, I, I, yeah. I was just going to say, you've got the Department of Energy saying with a low level of confidence that they believe it was a lab leak. You have the FBI saying with a moderate level of confidence yeah. that it was a Wuhan lab leak. But those two agencies are in the minority of U.S. intelligence. The majority of U.S. intelligence 
either believes that that was not the case or that we still don't have enough evidence to make a determination. So it's kind of irresponsible, I think, for these agencies to put that out there. Uh, and, and then for the news media to say, it came from a lab in China. Maybe we have a low level of confidence. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, God uh, damn. you know, they shout the, 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 the part that, uh, in this case, bolsters the arguments of conservatives mm-hmm. and uh, mumble the part uh, that, that says, oh, by the way, this, uh, this is just a guess. But this is one of those things that uh, starts to circulate around social media and then suddenly becomes true. The falsehood right. becomes the truth. And yep. no, there is no determination by the government that it was the Wuhan lab. And so what no. if it was? There was no determination that this was an intentional leak or some sort of bioweapon that was constructed. In fact, they outright contradict that determination, mm-hmm. that conspiracy yes, theory. So let's clear all of this up. And as you were saying, four other agencies, four other government agencies, along with a national intelligence panel, and this is, I'm quoting directly from the Wall Street Journal, four other agencies, along with a national intelligence panel, still judge that it was likely the result of a natural transmission, and two are undecided. The Energy Department made its judgment with low confidence, according to people who read the classified report. So what we're talking about here is uh, the possibility that maybe it emerged from the lab. Now, part of the problem with that is that uh, it emerged possibly because uh, Donald Trump re-implemented the gain-of-function testing that was happening at that lab. Now, that's a possibility. I don't know. I, I, honest to God, is, I don't know. Possibility. Yeah. I will also say that that Wuhan animal market is right across the street. Yes. From from the lab. So uh, yeah, I can see. I mean, you know, they they. I can see how they both may have been involved in the launch of this disease. Yeah. Uh, Hal Sparks has a theory that perhaps some of the animals that were used in experimentation inside the lab were just handed over to the wet market. And that's how, or, it or worse the yet, lab. yeah, or worse yet, the lab took animals for experimentation from the market. I mean, the mm-hmm. idea that perhaps some of those animals, instead of being disposed of or euthanized or whatever, were just given over to the wet market. I mean, this is perfectly good food in the minds of people who like that weird organ meat and shit. Uh, I don't understand <laughs> so that. So judgmental. But, yeah, but <laughs> no, suffice, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's a possible explanation as well. But no matter what happens. The answer is no. It wasn't a deliberate attempt by China to send us the virus, to send us the China virus. No. Now, China effed us over pretty good by by keeping what they knew about it secret for so long, or trying to, doing a terrible job of it. Uh But but, uh, China was anything but cooperative. That crippled uh, the work, to some degree, of the World Health Organization. It certainly crippled the work of health experts here in the United States. And uh, so, yeah, China does have some culpability in this. But did they release it intentionally? Did the lab release it intentionally? No and no. Nope. Meantime, Woody Harrelson on Saturday Night Live decided to turn his Woody. monologue into a, like an anti-vax screed about a hypothetical movie script. I have loved this guy. I mean, I Me really uh, have loved Woody Harrelson. And tomorrow, uh, dropping on HBO is uh, the movie White House Plumbers with Woody Harrelson. Oh my God, that's tomorrow? 
It's tomorrow on HBO. That's <laughs> yeah. really, even though he didn't oh, mention it. You just it. made my day. I love that. Okay. Even though he didn't mention it, that's why he was on Saturday Night Live this week, was to help promote that. And he didn't say anything about it, oddly. Wow. But then he seemed really out of it in the monologue. I wonder uh, why. Hmm. I, he seemed to be more on top of things later in the show. Uh, Marsha and I were watching the show, and we heard, and I can read it, you can read it, but we heard what, what, what Woody had to say. Uh, about uh, and but we didn't realize it was about vaccines. We didn't really get it. We didn't really understand the rant. It was only when I read it in print later that oh my god, yeah, uh, I, I was really taken aback and and deeply deeply disappointed in Woody. Here's the uh, here's the little bit from his monologue. Hey, okay, so the movie goes like this: the biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay... All, all of them, all uh, the in media, the world. all in, in the, the world, world, the world, uh, all uh, the people, every single uh, person, every single reporter, every right. media outlet, every corporation. Everyone. Oh, my God. It goes so far and deep. Where's my tinfoil hat? Where are the chemtrails? Where are the Jewish space lasers? Oh. Locked in their homes, and people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. Uh, of course, you know what? This is a Saturday Night Live monologue, so I'm not expecting 100% veracity, but that's not how it played out. It, it was just, we're talking about a few years ago. <laughs> so it, I, I'm it was, old, at the yeah. very least, at the very least, unfortunate. He, he claimed that he'd been handed a script, but he didn't want to do the movie because uh, of this story that he's just outlined about the cartel keeping everyone in their homes until they took all the drugs, and uh, you know, and, and so it, it delivered a very, very unfortunate message, whether it was meant seriously or comedically. So what he said was, we were only allowed to leave lockdown if we agreed to take the vaccine. Uh -huh. Which is not how, not how it worked out. Not true, but it <laughs> feeds the narrative. Feeds the narrative of Red Hats who make that exact claim seriously. Exactly. And so uh, you know, I don't know if he was tongue in cheek or not. God, I hope he wasn't. But even if he was kidding, that was a very unfortunate message to deliver from that bully pulpit, from that forum. And in the end, he says, and, and like you said, was he kidding? Was he serious? It ends with, I threw the script away. I mean, who was going to believe that crazy idea? Being forced to do drugs? I do that voluntarily all day long. <laughs> so is it was it a bit? Was it serious? Doesn't matter. I think it was damaging, and I'm very, very, very disappointed that he did that. Yeah, here's the rest of this clip, just to give him oh, his full, full due here. The cartels oh, drugs and keep taking them over and over. Over. I threw the script away. I mean, who is going to believe that crazy idea? Yeah, he gets one of these. Yeah. Weak. That's some weak shit right there. Um, you know, there's lots to say about lockdowns that would have some form of validity. Of course, I would strongly disagree with that when it comes uh -huh. to mitigating a pandemic. But why go to the lengths of trying to find some sort of collusion between corporations and the media and all this shit where, yes, okay, what we really want to do in an economy that's driven by consumerism is make sure that no one can go anywhere or do anything. Doesn't make any fucking sense at all. That's where the conspiracy, as far as I'm concerned, falls apart. On top of just basic courtesy and acknowledgement that we live in a society and that we don't want to murder our fellow citizens and each other in that process. I don't this know, call me crazy, but that's, that's how I see it. This tweeter said it well uh, in, in a tweet. Uh, thank you to at NBCSNL 
for Woody Harrelson's insipid anti-vax monologue. Who are you going to have guest host next week? Scott Baio? (laughs) Rob Schneider? Kevin Sorbo? Maybe invite Kanye back while you're at it? Does SNL just think it's harmless noise? Normalizing anti-vax conspiracies does real harm, end quote. Well, what it does is it panders to people who would rather not not look up, as the saying goes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, one last thing here before we take a break. Uh, Jim Jordan said this, and and you know what? Normally, I don't take the bait on things that he tweets. Right. But this is, I found this interesting. Jim Jordan tweeted, DC elites like Fauci, Biden, and Buttigieg think they're better than us, but not President Trump. And that's exactly why so many people love him. Yeah, Donald Trump doesn't believe he's better than anyone. No. No, no. Except for all the times when he does. <laughs> Nobody can do it like me. Nobody. Nobody can do it like me. Honestly. Nobody's stronger than me. Nobody has better toys than I do. There's nobody bigger or better at the military than I am. Nobody loves the Bible more than I do. Nobody builds walls better than me. Nobody's better <laughs> to people with disabilities than me. Nobody's fighting for the oh. veterans like I'm fighting for the veterans. There's nobody that's done so much for equality as I have. There's nobody more pro-Israel than I am. There's nobody more conservative than me. There is nobody that respects women more than I do. (laughs) Nobody would be tougher on ISIS than Donald Trump. There's nobody's ever had crowds like Trump has had. There's nobody that understands the horror of nuclear better than me. (laughs) Nobody even understands it but me. It's called devaluation. The sale of the uranium that nobody knows what it means. I know what it means. Nobody knows more about trade than me. Nobody knows the game better than I do. Nobody in the history of this country has ever known so much about infrastructure as Donald Trump. I know the H-1B. I know the H-2B. Nobody knows it better than me. Nobody knows politicians better than I do. Nobody knows more about taxes than I do. Nobody knows more about debt than I do. Nobody knows the system better than me. (laughs) Which is why I alone can fix it. There you go. But wow. he, he doesn't think he's better than anyone. You know, Bob, I'm he's I'm starting so... to think I'm starting to think there might be something to this narcissist thing. <laughs> he's an icon, a pillar in of his own hu- mind. Humility, isn't he? Yes, he is. He's proud to be so humble. All right, one last break. Back with more show right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska. Stayed on the farm, 
should have listened to my old man You know you can't hold me forever I didn't sign up with you I'm not a present for your friends to open This boy's too young to be singing The blue <laughs> Another one I don't wow. want to interrupt This is Wow the amazing Jesse Terry covering Elton John, of course. So goodbye, yellow brick road, uh, what a great voice. Holy shit. Indeed. Yeah, those of you who enjoyed our uh, holiday music playlist will know Jesse Terry's voice, certainly. Oh, yeah, by the way, a uh, new Indie Music Countdown coming up this weekend. I should have done it this past weekend because we're now already, well, we're almost into March uh, as we record this. As lo- you know what? As long as you keep them coming, we don't care. It's close we enough. Just, just, just keep them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like- keep them coming. You know, there's nothing that says you can't listen to the same uh, countdown over and over again. There's nothing that says you can't put your player on autoplay and let them drift from one show to another and make it the soundtrack for your day. Yeah. There's no reason you can't listen to all of them. <laughs> so do that. I'm going to isolate that and make that just a promo for the show. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. You're welcome. All right. Um, now, this is cancel culture and a clear violation of the First Amendment. Remember, there we go. remember that we learned that Donald Trump's White House lobbied Twitter to have mean tweets removed from yes. Twitter? Clear violation of uh, the First Amendment. Well, now we learn through the Rolling Stone that, did I just say the Rolling Stone? You Th- did. Through through Rolling Stone. There's no the there. I don't know well, why. Well, there isn't the song, I, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's right. <laughs> well, the headline is, Trump White House pressured Disney to censor Jimmy Kimmel. So, once again, the government asserting uh, influence over free speech. In early 2018, the American national security apparatus was fixated on reports that North Korea was building nuclear weapons that could reach the United States. Uh, Meanwhile, President Donald Trump was busy targeting his idea of an enemy of the state, and that was Jimmy Kimmel. So at the same time, he's phasing off against North Korea. He's also deciding, hey, you know what, that Jimmy Kimmel, huge threat. Yeah, threat to democracy, that yeah. Jimmy Kimmel. You know, and he responded to that uh, in last night's monologue by saying, uh, apparently White House Karen demanded to speak to my manager. <laughs> <laughs> the then president, according to two former Trump administration officials, was so upset by Kimmel's comedic jabs that he directed his White House staff to call up one of Disney's top executives in Washington, D.C. to complain and demand action. So sad, so brittle, so weak, so low energy, so recidivist victim. Yes, recidivist victim, Donald Trump. <laughs> in at least two separate phone calls that occurred around the time Trump was finishing his first year in office, the White House conveyed the severity of his fury with Kimmel to Disney, the ex-officials tell Rolling Stone. Trump's staff mentioned that the leader of the free world wanted the billion-dollar company to rein in the Trump-trashing ABC host. And that, yeah, and that Trump felt that Kimmel had, in the characterization of one former senior administration official, been, quote, very dishonest and doing things that Trump would have once sued over. Uh-huh. This is your free speech, we hate cancel culture party, right? Right, right. The incident was so bizarre that news of it spread around the corridors of power in Washington, D.C. Other administration officials who had nothing to do with the pressure campaign began hearing from their contacts at Disney uh-huh. about how confused they were that the White House kept telling them Trump uh-huh. wanted Kimmel to tone down his anti-Trump wow. humor. 
That's amazing. I never. I wouldn't have been surprised in a second. I mean, everyone knows. Everyone knows going sure, back decades that Donald Trump is a fragile, brittle little man. Everywhere you look, he's a victim. He is the recidivist victim. Yep. Meantime, Michael Knowles, and I know some of you are tuning out, like, uh, who's Michael Knowles? Why is Bob platforming Michael? But Michael Knowles is already famous. Just because you might not know who he is doesn't mean he doesn't already have gigantic reach. I, I have, what, 72,000 followers on Twitter. Michael Knowles has nearly 900,000 Michael Knowles is allegedly has allegedly. Well, you know what? I I know it's it's still a big number. I I agree. I ran a check and most of his followers on Twitter are legitimate. Okay, Um, but but that leaves an open question mark as far as his downloads on his podcast. But he's part of that Daily Wire network and the Daily Wire network is infused with dark money. They've got Mm -hmm. loads of cash to be able to promote a show, to cross promote a show. Ben Shapiro leads the way in that group. And then everyone else, you know, the success and popularity and downloads trickle down everyone else. Matt Walsh, Michael Knowles, whoever else is on that horrendous network that I can't remember. So Michael Knowles announced uh, on his show that he agrees with Kansas in trying to ban transgenderism. So he said, great new law in Kansas. Kansas has become the first state to pass a bill that defines a woman as someone who is biologically born female. That's it. So we're down to the Republicans just trying to legislate the definition of words. Biology, yes. Yeah. That's what a woman is, Knowles said. The bill defines a female as someone, quote, whose biological reproductive system is developed to produce ova, while male refers to anyone who was developed to fertilize the ova of a female. He said, this is a beautiful bill because it doesn't just say, don't trans the kids. Uh huh. It bans it- transgenderism for all practical purposes in the state for everybody. And so I want to go back to this definition right here. Okay. It defines female as someone, quote, whose biological reproductive system is developed to produce ova. So if, if a woman is infertile, uh-huh. what does that mean? She's not, not actually not a, a woman, woman? Under that law. What if a man yeah. is infertile? Does that mean he's not actually a man because he doesn't produce sperm to fertilize the ova? In order for women, Knowles continued to say, uh, to be able to have their own locker rooms at the gym, you have to ban transgenderism entirely in order to protect businesses from having to participate in weird occult rituals. Uh Occult means something specific. That means like Satan worshiping. Right, exactly. Occult sexual rituals like the transgender transition. You have to ban transgenderism entirely. He continued on by saying, now, I'm, I, I have to go back to this occult sexual rituals like the transgender transition. That's how it happens, Bob. It's all magic. So somehow the devil is involved yeah, in this. Exactly. Again, I go back to my Charlie Kirk uh, reply, which is, well, now what are we going to do about the hobbits and minotaurs? Right. If we're talking about fictitious boogeymen that are intended to scare six-year-olds into having some sort of morality, but yet you're in your 30s or 40s and you're still talking about the devil, (laughs) you need to grow the fuck up, first of all. But that's just me.
I know that the Kansas legislature is overwhelmingly Republican. I wonder if it has the votes to override a gubernatorial veto from the Democratic governor. Good, good question. Because yeah, that would explain... Maybe can help us out with that. Yeah, because, again, a lot of these bills are not intended to become law. They're just intended to build Feed fundraising. Base. You know what I mean? Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Raise money and, uh, you know, continue to stoke that red hat anger. Yeah. like And fear. Right. It's like... A hand job for bigotry. That's <laughs> that's basically what this is. Hand jobs for bigotry. It's a new charity, ladies and gentlemen. And yeah. Well, Michael Knowles was all all over the let's ban shit thing uh, in the past few days. He also said we should ban IVF, in vitro fertilization. And uh, you know what? As soon as the Dobbs leak happened, mm-hmm. that's something I've been talking about since then. Like, right. what are they going to sure. do about IVF? Are they going to start targeting IVF? Well, now, now you know. Trump voters need IVF. There are infertile Trump voters who want to reproduce but who can't and will need IVF. Although, if they can't reproduce, then they're not women and men, by the way. Right. And, you know, that would mean fewer red hats. So maybe that's not something we should address. You know, if you're a Republican, you're not allowed to have IVF, but everybody else can have it. Can anyone explain to me why this should not be illegal? Michael Knowles said. Can anyone? I know that many people are tempted to support IVF, especially if it's benefited you personally or a family member you think does anybody seriously believe that this is okay that this is morally right that this is morally acceptable at all putting souls on ice real human beings in the your own children because you don't like boys imagine one of these boys is born to find out wait my mom put me in a freezer and created 20 of my siblings because she doesn't like boys that much What's that going to do to people's minds? This is the next iteration of the big uh, abortion overreach with the Republican Party. This is, and I'm surprised he's focusing on putting souls on ice. Again, we're back to fictitious yeah. mythological constructs well, here. And yeah, fear of science. Also the least entertaining ice capades. But, I, but it seems to me that the objection to IVF would be the destruction of some of these embryos. Uh, but the, he doesn't mention that, which is interesting that he doesn't yeah. go there. But uh, yeah. it's only a matter of time <laughs> because... Well, and again, this is for uh, fundraising and, and stoking the base. But yeah, so what happened was someone posted the video of Michael Knowles talking about how he wants to ban transgenderism and he agrees with the Kansas law. And I quote tweeted that video and I said, this extremist crank is somehow ranked number 23 in Apple Podcasts, News and Politics. Right. And then Michael Knowles replied to me and said, only number 23? Hey, make sure to subscribe so get back to our rightful place in the top 10. And then he linked to his Apple podcast page. Here's how I replied to Michael Knowles. I said, oh, and thanks for the additional engagement here, Michael. (laughs) Because he's (laughs) got way more followers. He's got more than 10 times the followers I do. There used to be, you may remember DJ wars, you know, where disc jockeys at one station would get into an argument with, or in a fight or competition with disc jockey from another station, or sometimes within the same radio station, uh, unfortunately. And and the, the unfortunate part about those DJ wars is that whoever had the lower ratings between the two warring DJs benefited from the war. Bingo. Uh, it, it was exactly the kind of thing that would boost... Listener, people would then tune into your show to see what you were saying about the other show. Yeah. And uh, so that's not a, not a great way to, to run a business. So I appreciated the attention he gave me. And I said, 
Quick question, Captain Popular. In addition to banning transgenderism and IVF, are there any other things you'd like to ban in the name of small government? Anyway, yeah. good job. You'll never go broke appealing to the bigotry of suckers. Yeah. He never re- they, he never responded to that. Uh, they, so. Republicans talk a great game about small government, but you look at DeSantis, and even Republicans are starting to have concerns, I think, as I mentioned before. It, it, the, the things DeSantis wants to do to business, uh, witness what he did with Disney this week, uh, taking over the, the district that they've managed so well with streets and sewers and, and running water and all of that, uh, he's taking that over now. We'll see how the citizens who live there feel about it. But uh, it's the whole purpose of this is to punish Disney for uh, you know bad-mouthing his uh, his racist and anti-LGBTQ policies, mm-hmm. uh, and, and this is the this is the way they go, and and the result is bigger government. Uh, so whether it's it's Knowles or DeSantis or some of the other folks, uh, what they're really proposing is bigger government, not smaller. Despite the story they tell, yeah. And so someone jumps into the replies and is like. He's been very upfront. Michael Knowles has been very upfront about the fact that he's not for small government, Bob. I don't know why leftists always use this as a response. What? What? I don't. I'm very confused by that. I'm not sure what the fuck that even means. As you said, small government was the very definition of a conservative. Yes. That's like the main thing. Small government, limited government, less spending. Lower taxes. I like it when I make your voice go up high. Yes, I mean because it's a, it's a con- modern conservatism, offshoot of libertarianism, objectivism, which is like right. hands off, government, get out of my life. Right. But this guy, I think, what he's trying to do, the needle he's trying to thread is, you know, I I like it when government spends less and taxes are lower. But I love it when government intrudes on everyone's personal life. Right. And that's been the Republican way for quite a while now. Yeah. yeah. So I said to whoever this commenter was, I said, Michael is very confused and stupid. And his only (laughs) skill is convincing you that he's neither. And that's the case. This is the entire driving force of the Red Hat Entertainment Complex. Convincing rubes and suckers that Mm -hmm. what they're hearing is not only true, but that the person saying it is a valid authority figure for that truth. And neither of those things are true. It's entirely made up. It's entirely bullshit. And the best thing that they have, their greatest skill, and this applies to Rush Limbaugh and on down the line, is that they're good at communicating and therefore convincing people to ignore their instincts and to ignore their economic uh, best interests and so on. And by the way, while we're on this topic, Republicans in Tennessee are on track to banning drag shows in the state. Yeah. This, this, Same thing. You yeah. can't even appear publicly in drag. You can't appear in drag in front of children. You can't be drag, period. Yeah. Tennessee is on track to become not only the first U.S. state to ban, to ban drag shows, but also the latest to ban health care for trans youth. Sure. The Republicans, uh, House Republicans passed a joint anti-LGBTQ plus legislation the other day, which, if signed by the governor, would make Tennessee the first state to criminalize drag shows. Is the Tennessee governor a Democrat? I want to say... Uh, I think so. I will I'm, say that the Republican Party revels in hurting people. The Democratic Party revels in helping people. It astounds me that that difference isn't noted more often. Oh, yeah. Now, the governor of Tennessee is Bill Lee, and he's a Republican. Republican, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, there's a picture of Bill Lee floating around dressed in drag. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
I'm of wondering, course there is. Yeah, this was from uh, 1977 in a yearbook photo. Bill Lee dressed in drag. Shocking. Shocking that that would be the case, I, right? I went to a gay wedding once, and it was a, a lovely ceremony. It was outdoors, and uh, then afterward, uh, the reception on the lawn uh, featured, uh, there was a stage, and it featured uh, drag performers. And it was truly uh, the, one of the most entertaining shows I've ever seen. They were great. It was yeah. a wonderful, wonderful show. And to deny people music, to deny them happiness, to deny them fun is just and 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 to deny them allowing being who they are in in many cases. Yeah, uh, it's insanity. It's just insanity. And if you want to know kind of where all this started, I mean, I haven't traced it back to its absolute patient zero, but I'm pretty sure that it's that Daily Wire network of podcasts that include Michael Probably. Knowles and Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro. Certainly on brand. Yeah. Well, certainly Matt Walsh was right at the forefront of targeting trans people and specifically trans kids and uh, demonizing the process of transitioning if you're, you know, a 16, 17-year-old. And so that's, I think, the original launching point for this particular jihad and it's expanding to include now drag shows and this is what always happens it happened with project veritas time and time again where you get a bunch of screechers in the red hat entertainment complex or some hoax video and right. suddenly republicans because they want to jump on that gravy train that's where the cash is mm -hmm. they legislate based on the bullshit and that's ultimately also the danger of Fox News Channel and similar networks per perpetuating big lies themselves. Right. Because before you know it, suddenly it becomes legislation. And how many big lie laws have been passed since Fox News and Donald Trump perpetuated this lie? Mm -hmm. So and now they're ready to do the same with the trans laws. Yeah. Exactly. So this goes well beyond just, oh my God, that guy's an asshole because he was lying about X or Y. It comes down to lives being changed, the trajectory of democracy being altered, if not entirely throttled. And that's the uh, that's the real danger in all of this. How about that well. for an uplifting note at the end of the show? <laughs> You're good at that. I must say, well, here, how about this? I First of all, I can't believe they're playing us out already, but I guess it is that time. <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to talk about DeSantis and Trump and Florida and all of that in the next segment. Yeah. I know you, you've you saved something for the next segment as Jeb. well. Jeb. I've show. saved Jeb. Jeb yeah. Bush yeah. for the shadow docket mm -hmm. and maybe a mea culpa on my movie picks for the year. Oh, okay. Well, you know what else we have? we got to talk about Tulsi Gabbard talking about eugenics. <laughs> comparing things like affirmative action to Hitler. Well, she, Not she would know, up. I guess. I've got yeah. the got the quote. I just I want to know how much money was required for her to sell out. Like what? How? What was there? What was waiting for? Her? What was the dollar amount? I want to know. <laughs> Someone needs to tell me how this for all better, works. For better or worse, we are not for sale. Yeah. Because this was a career path for Tulsi Gabbard. Make no yeah. mistake. It was like, oh, no, the Republicans are abandoning me, or the, the Democrats are abandoning me. I feel lost and left out, and my my values just aren't being reflected by the party anymore. No, 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 no. Uh -huh. Someone said, hey, you want to get on, on that gravy train? You want a bit of that dark money? You want to taste Tulsi? Come on over. I know Fox News is certainly paying her, that's for sure. Yep. Always there's a contract. It's the way it happened with Candace Owens. I'm positive of it. Like, here's Charlie Kirk coming along with a contract. Who knows how much money is involved in that contract? 
Candace Owens, yeah, sure, of course I'll take it. Because I know you can buy things with money. Right. And that's how it always starts. But but, but not us. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> no, we're entirely user-supported, listener-supported, right, as right. the uh, saying goes. Uh, plus, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene repeated her national divorce drivel. We'll talk about that, too. It's all coming up on the Shatterdog at Patreon. That's where you go right now. Patreon.com slash Bob Show. Link in the description. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye. Bye.